Salute omnes, welcome to the AP Latin Podcast. The goal of this podcast will be to cover the lines from Caesar's De Bello Gallico and Virgil's Aeneid that are found on the AP Latin curriculum. Each two-part episode will cover a selection of lines from Caesar and Virgil. I will present the Latin and English of the text, providing relevant clarification, background, and cultural information that will help put the readings in their proper context. I encourage you to read along with me as you listen to the Latin and to use the English as a way to check your understanding rather than relying on the English for understanding. Each episode will conclude with some essential questions to consider as you process through the meaning of the text. Parati, eamos. AP Latin Podcast, Episode 1b, Aeneid, Book 1, Lines 1 through 33. In this episode, you will learn that Juno really, really loves Carthage and really, really hates Trojans. Arma virumque cano, Troiae qui primus aboris, Italiam, fato profugus, lawinia covenit litora, mult illet terris jactatus et alto, vi superum sae vae memorem junones abiram. Multa quoquet bello passus dum condoret orbem, inferet que deus latio, genus unde latinum, albanique patres, at qualtae moenia Romae. Musa, mihi causas memora, quo numine laiso, quidue dolens, regina deum tot voluere casus, insignium pietate virum tot adire labores, impulerit, tantae nanimis caelestibus irae. Urbs antiqua fuit, tirii tenuera coloni, Cartago, Italiam contra Tiberina quelonge ostia, dives opum studis quasperima belli, Quam Juno fertur teris magis omnibus unam, post habita coluisse samo. Hic ilius arma, hic curus fuit, hoc regnum dea gentibus esse, si qua fata sinant, iam tum tendetque foetque. Progeniem sed enem Trojana sanguine duci audierat tirias olem quae verteret arces. Hinc populum late regem belloque superbum, vintur excidio Libiae, sic valvera parcas. Id metuens, veterisque memor Saturnia belli, prima quad ad Troiam procaris gesserat argis, nec duetiam calcirarum saevique dolores excidarant animo, manet alta mente repostum, judicium paradis, spretae quinuria formae, et genus inviset rapti ganimedas honores. Quis acensa super, jactatos aequoratoto, troas, reliquias danao atquimitis achilli, archebat longae latio, multosque per annos, erabant actifatis mari omnia circum. Tantae molis erat Romanum condaregentem. I sing of arms and a man, who first from the shores of Troy came to Italy and Lavinian coasts, exiled by fate. That man, tossed much both on land and sea by the strength of the gods above, on account of the mindful anger of savage Juno. And, having endured many things also in war, until he could found a city and bring his gods to Latium, whence came the Latin race, the Alban fathers, and the walls of lofty Rome. Muse, relate the causes to me. With divine power offended in what way, or grieving what, did the queen of the gods drive a man distinguished in pietas to roll through so many misfortunes, to undergo so many labors? Is there so much anger in heavenly minds? There was an ancient city, 
Tyrian colonists held it, wealthy of resources and very fierce in zeal for war, which alone Juno is said to have cherished more than all the lands with Samos placed second. Here were her arms, here her chariot. Already then the goddess strived and cherished that this kingdom would be for the nations, if in any way the fates would allow. But she had heard that a race led from Trojan blood, which would one day overturn Tyrian citadels, that this people, wide-ruling and proud in war, would come for the destruction of Libya, that the fates were thus turning. Saturnia, fearing this and mindful of the former war, which she had waged first against Troy on behalf of her dear Argives, not yet even had the causes of anger and savage griefs fallen from her mind, there remained stored deep in her mind the judgment of Paris and the injury to her spurned beauty and the hated race and the stolen honors of Ganymede. Inflamed over these things, she was keeping the Trojans, the survivors of the Danaeans and of hated Achilles, far from Latium, and through many years they were wandering, driven by the fates around all the seas. Such a burden it was to found the Roman race. The Aeneid is Virgil's simultaneous homage to and Roman reboot of Homer. You know Homer, the author of the Iliad and the Odyssey, who may or may not have actually been a real living person. Arma and Wirum, the first two words of Virgil's epic, make nod to the two Homeric epics. Arma, metonymy for war, stands for the Iliad, and Wirum, which can mean hero, stands for the Odyssey. So in the Aeneid, there are echoes of both Homeric epics, as the first half will recount a journey and the second half a war. Because this is epic poetry, Virgil has to follow certain conventions of the genre. The poem begins with an invocation to the muse, asking for inspiration to explain the content of his story. Additionally, the poem is written in dactylic hexameter, the meter of epic poetry. Another epic convention that will take some getting used to is epithets. This is where Virgil will use multiple, interchangeable names for the same person or place. Epithets that occur in these lines include Lavinia and Latium to refer to Italy, Tyrios and Libyae to refer to Carthage, Parkas to refer to the Fates, Argis and Danaum to mean Greeks, and finally Saturnia, which refers to Juno and is a specific type of epithet called a patronymic, using the father's name to refer to a child. Jupiter and Juno were twin children of Saturn, so Saturnia. It would be a good idea to keep a list or to learn the epithets as you encounter them so you can keep them all straight as you read the poem. After the invocation, the rest of the lines serve as a sort of prologue, laying out the major themes, motifs, and events that will create the backbone of the poem. We learn that the man, Aeneas, will make a very difficult journey, and that he will end up in Italy. We also learn that Juno's anger will be the driving force behind Aeneas's misfortune. The anger of Juno is a motif that will become the major force advancing the plot of the epic. These lines give us several reasons for Juno's hatred of the Trojan people, starting with fate. Samos was the island where Juno was sent after she was born and where she was raised until adolescence. So when Virgil mentions post-habita Samo, what he is saying is that Juno prefers Carthage even to the home where she grew up and spent her childhood. Fate, fatas or parkas, as a driving force of the poem, makes his appearance in these lines both as a foil to Juno's plans to prosper Carthage and as the ultimate destiny of Aeneas and his descendants. Audierat and the indirect statement following provides one of Juno's motivations for trying to keep the Trojans from Italy. Idmetuens tells you that she is motivated by fear of the future fates. Juno also hates the Trojans because of some other reasons. 
Ganymede was a Trojan prince whom Jupiter took a liking to, sent his eagle to abduct and bring to Olympus, and made the cupbearer to the gods. But in doing so, he replaced Hebe, Juventus, the biological daughter of Jupiter and Juno and goddess of youth, who had up to that point been the cupbearer. And for some reason, Juno was bothered by Jupiter kicking out their actual daughter in favor of some mortal boy and developed an intense prejudice against all Trojans. Adding to this prejudice, the judgment of Paris and the injury to her beauty refers to the incident with the golden apple and the goddess beauty contest. What ultimately became the cause of the Trojan War when the Trojan prince Paris chose Venus in order to get Helen, insulting Juno personally by not choosing her as the most beautiful of the goddesses. So, because Aeneas's descendants in Italy are fated to overthrow her favorite city, and because he happens to be a Trojan and she hates all Trojans, Juno hates Aeneas. Even though at this point we have not been told Aeneas's name yet, we are told something about him, that he is distinguished by Pietas. Much like Virtus in the Caesar part of this episode, Pietas embodies a conceptual idea that no one English word can fully capture. It is the root of our word piety, but the religious uprightness that is implied by the English word is only one piece of the meaning of the Latin word. The Roman concept of Pietas means loyal, dutiful, responsible, someone who fulfills all their obligations to the gods, to their family, and to their state or people, placing these obligations above their own desires. Someone who embodies Pietas fulfills their responsibilities in all these areas, even at great cost to themselves. Virgil ends this prologue section with a final statement about the burden of founding the Roman people. Virgil will weave this theme throughout the epic, and you will see the personal cost of Aeneas's fate on both him and on his men. As we close out the episode, here are some essential questions to consider. How do the first three words of the Aeneid establish the themes of the work as a whole? In the first seven lines, Virgil summarizes Aeneas' journey from Troy to Italy. How do Virgil's word choice, placement, and use of literary devices reflect the significance and difficulty of Aeneas' journey? In lines 8 to 11, Virgil introduces the theme of Juno's divine wrath and concludes with a rhetorical question about the anger of the gods. How does this theme recur during the course of the poem? In line 10, Aeneas is characterized as a man of pietas. When and how does Aeneas demonstrate and fail to demonstrate pietas throughout the poem? How does the theme of pietas relate to the theme of virtus that we mentioned in the Caesar section of this episode? To what extent does Aeneas embody virtus? In lines 15 to 28, what are the multiple reasons for Juno's hatred of Troy? How can lines 1 through 33 be seen as a summary of the entire poem? Gratias ago pro ascoltando, valete.